Hey, Mike Baker here. Well, spring is in full swing, and for millions of folks, that means yard work and gardening, am I right? Now, here's a pro tip for those of you looking to spruce up your landscaping. Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the U.S. They've got over 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. Save yourself the time and trouble of multiple trips to those crowded nurseries. You know what I'm talking about. Fast Growing Trees is a complete time saver. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all, and it's delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. They can tell you what grows best in your area, how to plant, when to plant. It's like having your own expert gardener. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And listeners to the President's Daily Brief can get an extra 15% off by using promo code PDB at checkout. So go to FastGrowingTrees.com and use promo code PDB at checkout. It's February 3rd. You're listening to the President's Daily Brief. I'm your host and former CIA officer, Brian Dean Wright. Your morning intel starts now. A good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. I've got four big briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First, we're hearing reports of a special shipment of weapons to Ukraine. I'll tell you why it's important and why an increasing number of Americans don't support it. Second, a critical deadline arrives on Sunday. It has to do with diesel and jet fuel coming out of Russia, and it could impact your pocketbook. Third, get those maps ready. We are going to talk about the Cold War II this morning with updates in Kenya and Australia. Finally, keep those maps out because we are going to do a swing through El Salvador, Peru, and Mexico talking about prisons, blueberries, and a scheme to block the sun. Later, we close out the podcast talking about Canada and Groundhog Day. It is quite a story. But before we get to that, we got to get started with this, and it is a special last-minute addition to the PDB. The Chinese spies are amongst us, and this time they are in a balloon. Yes, I'm talking about the reports of the U.S. military monitoring a Chinese spy balloon that's transiting the northern states of America this morning. It's been seen for a number of days now, and in fact, Joe Biden was briefed on the balloon's existence earlier. The Pentagon apparently offered to shoot it down, but there was some concern about how it could impact folks on the ground. So I'll provide more details on Monday, but my initial read of this is twofold. So first, we've known about these things for a while, right? The Chinese have floated these above Guam and Hawaii too for, frankly, years. And in fact, they have these little guidance systems on them. Quite interesting. I'll explain more on Monday. Second, while this is absolutely concerning and maybe worse than it's been in the past, I would actually remind us that the other espionage that Beijing conducts through our corporations, our government, our universities, and our press, well, those things, frankly, are of far greater concern and ultimate impact than these balloons, at least the ones that were flown in the past. Still, it is important, and it will complicate the U.S. Secretary of State's upcoming visit to Beijing next week. By the way, this reminds me of the Japanese they actually floated balloon bombs over the Pacific Northwest during World War II. Killed a few folks, scared many more. Regardless, I'll keep an eye on this story over the weekend with much more to come on Monday. With that, let's kick off the rest of today's brief, starting with another big aid package heading off to Ukraine this morning. And based on a new poll, many Americans won't be happy about this news. So here's what we know. At some point today, 
The Biden administration will likely announce another $2.2 billion of military assistance for Ukraine. Now, of that amount, $500 million will be in weapons and equipment pulled directly from the U.S. military. The remaining $1.7 billion will be purchased from military contractors. Now, in this aid package is a new piece of equipment. It's called the ground-launched small-diameter bomb made by the Boeing Corporation. So it's a precision-guided 250-pound bomb that is strapped to a rocket fired by the HIMARS platform that we've actually already provided to Ukraine. Now, this weapon is important for a couple of reasons. First, it extends the range of Ukraine's attack capabilities. These bombs can actually hit targets up to 94 miles away, which is further than any previous piece of weaponry that we provided. Plus, they're really accurate. They can hit a target within about two feet of its desired endpoint. The second reason that this is important, though, is one we've talked about several times this week. It's it's a reflection of the steady, if gentle, escalation that we keep seeing over these past months. The weaponry keeps getting a little bit more sophisticated, a little more deadly with each delivery. And then we wait to see how Moscow responds. And if they don't, well, we go a little bit further still. And that drip, drip, drip of escalation, well, as I warned, that's a gamble because it relies completely on luck. And to an increasing number of Americans, that lucky gamble just isn't worth it. On Tuesday, a poll was released by the Pew Research Center asking Americans what they thought about the country's continued provision of aid to Ukraine. About 25% of Americans said we're giving too much. Meanwhile, slightly less, 20%, said we need to give even more. Now, 30% said, well, right now, that's about right. The rest of us say, oh, I have no idea. <laughs> the poll, though, is interesting to me in that it's showing an increasing number of people opposed to additional aid. In fact, that number is up 6% since September. Now, I should note that the growing opposition is largely amongst Republicans and Republican-leaning voters. Democrats and Democrat-leaning voters, well, they tend to want more weapons and more support sent to Kiev. And to me, that's just really interesting. Definitely fascinating to see the parties switch from where they have historically always been regarding foreign wars. Liberals, of course, generally opposed and conservatives generally in favor. It's a big sea change in the nation's politics. At any rate, I will keep you posted as these weapons get delivered. Speaking of Ukraine and the war in Europe, let's keep our eyes and ears open starting Sunday because we may have a very bumpy ride with diesel and jet fuel prices starting that day. And that's all because European nations and companies are no longer allowed to buy Russian distillates like diesel and jet fuel. Now, you may remember my brief a while back with data showing that Europeans were rushing to buy, well, Russian distillates before the deadline. Well, starting Sunday, the time is up. So the real question is what comes next, especially for Europe? Well, nobody's quite sure. We've seen increasing shipments of diesel to Europe from China, for instance, plus an increase from the United States, too. But actually, for Americans, that's not exactly great news. Analysts say that those increasing exports will likely crimp both the supply and increase costs here at home, depending, of course, on the overall health of the U.S. economy and the related demand. But to be honest, nobody's quite sure how this will shake out for Europe or the United States. Lots of guessing, but nobody's entirely sure. 
Meanwhile, we should probably think about asking how this new rule on Sunday will affect Russia, as quite obviously they're losing a key buyer of one of their key industries. Well, Moscow has been working on this for a while now. We've seen an uptick in purchases of diesel, for instance, by the countries of Turkey and Morocco. That's according to Bloomberg News. Now, interestingly, in Turkey, they're actually reselling some of that Russian diesel back to Europe, actually labeling it their own. So a bit of a shell game going on here. Finally, for my fellow Americans, this volatility will also likely affect our jet fuel supply and prices. And that's partly because jet fuel inventories were already quite low. Last year, they ended at 34 million barrels, which is the lowest since 1990. That's according to Reuters News. The point, folks, is that in the next three months, you are probably going to see lots of market volatility when it comes to diesel, jet fuel, and I should mention home heating oil. Energy markets will be trying to juggle this new supply and demand challenge as Sunday's deadline comes to pass in Europe. But not to worry, no matter what happens, I will keep you posted. For our third brief this morning, we are focusing our ears on Cold War II. That's the series on the fight between China and the United States as it plays out all across the world. Well, today we are talking about two very different places related to that war in Australia and in Kenya. But there is one thing that unites those two places. America is trying to build out some military bases in those countries, but China is there too, looming in the distance. So let's start in Australia and grab those maps. I want you to look specifically for the city of Darwin, Australia. It's up north. It's the capital city, actually, of the Northern Territory, a city that's the gateway of Australia into Southeast Asia. And its port is increasingly important as the United States and Australia build out military infrastructure to keep an eye on China. But there's just one problem. Back in 2015, the Australians signed a 99-year lease with, yeah, China, or to be more accurate, they leased it to a company in China that the Australian prime minister has said is, quote, connected very directly with the government of the People's Republic of China. In fact, Australia's prime minister, Anthony Albanese, has promised a new investigation into that lease, which, well, that seems wise. But nevertheless, it highlights a challenge for America as the U.S. Marine Corps is now trying to expand its footprint in that city. The U.S. Navy, too, is expanding its use of the port for its vessels as well as for area exercises. So you might be wondering, is it possible if the Australians might break that 99-year lease with the Chinese? Well, it is possible, but unlikely, in part because Australia would have to pay back very serious breakup fees, but also because the country is deeply reliant on Beijing for its economic livelihood. In fact, here's something that you might not know. China is far and away Australia's largest trade partner, bigger than the next three countries combined, which are Japan, the U.S., and South Korea. In fact, Australia is still suffering economically from when the Chinese slapped $14 billion in trade sanctions against that country because the Aussies said that they would support an inquiry into the Chinese origins of COVID. And for that sin, Beijing cracked down on them hard. So folks, as we think about Cold War II and which side has more friends, it may be that countries like Australia are on America's side, but as they say, it's complicated. 
And we're going to be seeing a lot more of this kind of stuff as I talk about the issues. China's got their economic claws and a whole bunch of folks pulling them away from Beijing to include, frankly, our own country's businesses. That's going to be a very delicate and a very painful process. With that, let's jet across the Indian Ocean this morning for another set of Cold War II troubles. This time, we are going to land in the country of Kenya. Now, if you happen to have a map on your computer, your phone, or in your mind, I want you to go to the border between Kenya and Somalia. And we're looking for a town called Lamu Old Town, spelled L-A-M-U. It's an absolutely gorgeous little town, having been inhabited for at least 700 years or so with really interesting architecture and beaches. Now, not far from Lamu is Mandabay Airfield. It's a joint operations center for U.S. and Kenyan forces, mostly special forces, aimed at the regional Islamic terror group called Al-Shabaab. And I'll tell you, folks, it is a very tough mission out there. In fact, a couple years ago, Al-Shabaab killed one soldier and two American contractors at that airfield who were training Kenyan soldiers to take the fight into the neighboring country of Somalia, where that terror group controls around 25% of that country. Well, in the last few months, the Kenyan government has told the Biden administration that it wants to expand that airfield to include a longer runway for its jets, along with an assortment of buildings. And the cost to do all that would be around $50 million. And it's a cost that the Kenyans want us to pay for. But what if we don't? Well, apparently the Pentagon assesses that the Chinese will get involved, either in the construction or as a part of a swap to get some sort of extended rights to the airfield. And I'll tell you, China would be very happy for that opportunity. They've got their one and only foreign base in the nearby country of Djibouti. And they are looking to expand that footprint throughout Africa and beyond. So what will Biden's folks do? At present, I'm hearing that the Biden administration isn't especially interested in ponying up the 50 million bucks for this expansion. So we shall see who blinks first. Is it us or the Kenyans? Or maybe the Chinese will swoop in at the last possible second. So for what it's worth, and this is my analysis here, we should assume that more countries will do this kind of stuff during Cold War II. All right, everybody knows that we are in competition with Beijing, and they are happy to use this moment in history, like always, to get more stuff from the Americans. All right? In other words, it's going to be a very expensive fight, my friends. Very, very expensive. With that, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I've got three more critical pieces of news for you. So hang tight and we will be right back. Mike Baker here. I want to take just a minute to talk about something of real importance to you and your family's financial well-being. And that's life insurance. Look, I know it's not everyone's favorite topic. And, and a lot of folks avoid talking about it or they put it off thinking it's too costly or too complicated or you'll get to it some other day. And it's true. Finding the right policy on your own can be time-consuming and complex. But I'm here to tell you, life insurance is an important safety net for your family. And that's why I'm happy to tell you about Policy Genius. Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. It saves you time and money so you can provide your family with a financial safety net starting today. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, for me, 
having an appropriate life insurance policy, well, it means less stress, less worry. I know that my amazing wife and our kids will be properly taken care of and provided for should something happen to me. Now, back when I was in the market for life insurance, and that was a while back, I did my searching the old-fashioned way. Lots of telephone calls, paperwork, faxes, maybe even a beeper. I would have loved to have Policy Genius to streamline the whole process. Policy Genius helps you compare all your options from top companies and provides a team of unbiased, licensed experts to walk you through the decision-making. You can compare quotes with just a few clicks, find just the right policy, and Bob's your uncle. And they've got thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot from customers who found the best fit for their needs. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Hey, Mike Baker here. Well, once again, Pure Talk is investing in their customers out of their own pocket without charging an extra penny. Now, you've heard me talk about Pure Talk before, right? How they provide excellent coverage and service with industry-beating rates. And now, I'm happy to announce that Pure Talk is also providing international roaming to over 50 countries. That's right. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless provider has you covered at home and abroad. Pure Talk already puts you on America's most dependable 5G network, but now they're giving you coverage in over 50 countries as well. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. Look, that's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Bring your phone, and Pure Talk's eSIM technology makes switching so simple. Or you can get great savings on the latest iPhones and Androids. Make the switch to the cell phone company that I know will provide you with outstanding service and value, Pure Talk. Just go to puretalk.com slash baker, that's B-A-K-E-R, just like you imagined, to start saving today. And when you do, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, visit puretalk.com slash baker to start saving on wireless at home and abroad. Welcome back to the PDB. I've got three more critical pieces of news for you this morning. First up, on Tuesday of this week, the Central American country of El Salvador opened up a new prison. It can house 40,000 people. Now, they call it the Terrorism Confinement Center. And it was actually built to help relieve some of the overpopulation and the rest of the country's prison system, which is quite full. In fact, El Salvador has the highest percentage of incarcerated people in the world. And part of the reason for that is El Salvador's president, whose last name is Bukele, he actually launched a gang crackdown last March. The police and army have arrested more than 62,000 people as a part of that campaign. The government calls those folks suspected gang members and collaborators, while others say that innocent people have been swept up in that crackdown, which, based on my review, is almost certainly true. But what's also true is that this crackdown is a very complicated thing. So, for instance, America's Border Patrol has seen an increase of gang members fleeing El Salvador for the United States, all because of Bukele's crackdown. Meanwhile, a number of officials in Bukele's administration are credibly accused of working with these gangs, allowing the more senior leaders to escape or be provided protection in exchange for cash. Now, finally, during the country's last gang crackdown, the prisons actually became recruitment centers for the gangs. And that's because if you got swept up, you had to join a prison gang for protection or somebody would shank you. 
Well, that process in turn fed the current crisis because eventually many of those gang members got out. And so now you've got tens of thousands of additional gang members that you didn't have before. So as ever, things in El Salvador are pretty messy this morning. And that's because this new prison of 40,000 inmates might seem like a good thing, especially in the short term as crime rates fall. And they are. But over time, there will be all sorts of unintended consequences to this, including more gang members streaming into the streets of El Salvador and America. That is, if the past is any guide. Next up, we head to Peru for an update on the crisis there. It's a country that we care about because of their very rich deposits of copper and silver and zinc. Minerals, of course, that we need for all sorts of things, but most especially for that dirty green energy revolution that lots of folks have decided to embrace. Well, unfortunately, that supply of minerals has come under attack following protests last month, actually back in December, come to think of it, when the then president was thrown out of office. His supporters, mostly far leftists, have been rioting ever since. Well, on Wednesday, the Peruvian Congress decided to hear out one demand made by the protesters, namely to authorize new elections. Well, Congress voted on that idea, and they voted it down twice, actually. So the debate there continues on when or whether to move forward with a new date for the next general election. And that means we'll likely see increasing protests, which will probably be increasingly violent. And for what it's worth, these protests are having a very nasty effect on the country. They've lost around 30% of their copper output. But it's not just those minerals that we should care about. Their agricultural industry has suffered too, a $300 million loss. More importantly for American consumers, that's going to hit you because you are going to pay more for blueberries and table grapes and asparagus. And that's because Peru is the world's biggest exporter of blueberries, of all things, and they're a major supplier of grapes and asparagus, too. But unfortunately, those crops are not getting out. An increasingly amount of all three of those things are rotting in the fields because roads are blocked and so, too, are key ports. And it's for those reasons, my friends, that I'm going to be keeping a very close eye on the latest out of Peru. And that takes us to our last brief of the morning. We're heading to Mexico for this one. And it, I got to tell you, it's one of the most unusual briefs I have ever given you. Now, to understand it, you have to understand something called solar geoengineering. And that's a very fancy way of saying you're going to mess with the atmosphere or the stratosphere to block the sun or block some amount of the sunlight from reaching the planet's surface. And it's an idea being promoted by climate change activists as they look for solutions to the Earth heating up, they say. And here's how it works. Using high-altitude balloons or rockets, you shoot certain particles into the stratosphere called sulfur dioxide. And those particles reflect some amount of sunlight back out into space. Well, an American named Luke Isman has been working on this idea, along with mainstream scientists who hmm, are actually pretty nervous about doing this. They say it's untested with considerable risks. Nobody quite knows how these particles will interact with other chemicals in the atmosphere and stratosphere. Plus, studies suggest that it could actually lower rains in some places, maybe even cause a global freeze. Well, none of that frightens Luke Isman. In fact, he raised just shy of a million bucks to float some balloons into the sky with these sulfur dioxide particles, and he was going to do it and charge companies for the pleasure of it. 
he said that they would be able to claim cooling credits, right? something like carbon credits to help save the planet. And he was going to launch pretty soon from his base in Mexico. But then on January 13th, Mexico's Ministry of Environment and National Resources issued a cease and desist letter. The project, they said, would be prohibited from moving forward. Too risky. Well, as you might imagine, Mr. Isman was quite disappointed with this news, but not to worry, he said. He will be returning to America to relaunch this scheme. He expects to do so by mid-2023. So there you have it, humans messing around once again with Mother Nature, and in this case, the atmosphere. Sounds like a little bit of a plot, some sort of movie, where we all die as frozen popsicles. Anyway, I'll keep watching for updates on this one, because I'm not really a fan of popsicles. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your morning brief. But I've got one more great thing before I let you go. We'll be right back. You're cruising down the highway. Windows rolled down, tunes blasting from the radio. You're in the zone and living the dream. Suddenly, your car sputters, coughs, and throws a wrench in your whole day. Tow trucks, repair bills, the dream turns into a nightmare. Don't wait until car trouble steals your peace of mind. Visit CarShield now at carshield.com slash carlson. For nearly 20 years, CarShield has helped millions of drivers avoid the stress of major repairs. They offer plans covering up to 5,000 parts and systems, from your engine and transmission to electronics and more, all for a low monthly rate that fits your budget. CarShield plans also include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, and rental options. Get peace of mind now. Visit CarShield online at carshield.com slash carlson. Join millions of customers and contact CarShield now to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash carlson. That's carshield.com slash carlson. Visit now. You've heard it said, and it's true. Time is our most precious commodity. And the question is, how can you spend it wisely to improve yourself and the people around you? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you about a great way to continue the lifelong process of learning, and that's Hillsdale College. Hillsdale College is offering more than 40 free online courses in the most important and enduring subjects. You can learn about the works of C.S. Lewis, the stories in the book of Genesis, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution, the rise and fall of the Roman Republic, or the history of the ancient Christian church with Hillsdale College's online courses, all available for free. Correct, I did say free. As an example, sign up for Constitution 101, the meaning and history of the U.S. Constitution. Now, in this 12-lecture course, you'll explore the design and purpose of the Constitution, the challenges it faced during the Civil War, and how it's been undermined for more than a century by progressivism and liberalism. The course is self-paced, so you can start whenever and wherever. Enroll now in Constitution 101. Our country needs more Americans who understand the Constitution and can defend the freedom of the American people against the encroachments of an increasingly large and unaccountable government. Go right now to hillsdale.edu pdb to enroll. There's no cost, and it's easy to get started. That's hillsdale.edu slash pdb to register. Welcome back to the PDB, folks. I've got one more thing before I let you go. You know, we talk a lot about countries all around the world, but we haven't talked much about Canada, have we? And that's a shame. It's a lovely country and lovely people. So let's fix that. And let's talk about the wonderful people of Canada. <laughs> Yesterday was Groundhog Day. It's a great day, not just in the United States, but also in Canada, 
where it is a very big deal, apparently, in some places. But instead of using a groundhog, they actually use a woodchuck. All to determine, of course, if they'll have another six weeks of winter or they'll get that spring that we are all ready for. Well, in Quebec yesterday, the organizers of their woodchuck event got a big crowd together for the big day. Lots of kids. And then they went to wake up their woodchuck. Fred was his name. And I say um, was his name because as they tried to wake Fred up, well, unfortunately, Fred didn't wake up. He had passed away. Organizers had just assumed he was hibernating. In fact, they checked on him in December. But no, poor Fred had died. Well, as you can imagine, this was quite troubling for the organizers. They had a crowd, folks singing, dancing, when lots of very excited kids. Well, the lead organizer, a man named Bob Blondin, he informed folks that Fred was, well, in woodchuck heaven. But Bob was a fast-thinking fellow. He grabbed a kid from the audience who was wearing a woodchuck hat, and he pulled him up on stage and said, all right, kid, here's the deal. You're my woodchuck. Are we getting more winter or more spring? And the kid, who was apparently confused, said, uh, winter, we're getting more winter. You can read more about this absolutely incredible story on the French website, AFP. The article is perfectly entitled, Marmot Death Overshadows Canada's Groundhog Day. So there you have it. Quebec's contribution to the global forecasting community this year with a kid in a varmint hat. But not Fred. He's in heaven with the other woodchucks who have come before him. And that is actually a real shame, by the way. Humanity is still plagued with the very long-running question of how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Without poor Fred, I, I guess we'll never know. It's yet another unsolved mystery. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes your morning brief. As always, we close out the show reminding each other of why we are here, talking about our country and our world. It's the creed of every good spy and every smart American. It's from John chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are. And it would then crystallize what we do. 
Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available.